Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. All of us will reach a crossroads in life, a decision that has to be made. Some can be small and insignificant. Others seem like they could shape the course of our entire lives. How can we know the will of God? How can we correctly choose the path He has set out for us? And what if we make the wrong decision? We spend sleepless nights and days filled with anxiety when we place these burdens upon ourselves. Often we become isolated, feeling completely alone in finding the right answer. Sometimes we're tempted to rush into a decision. Other times we'd rather delay indefinitely. But for those who call Him Father, for those who believe in the power of His name, He provides everything we need to follow His will. He gives us His Word as a compass and inspiration. Those who live according to Scripture will always follow in His footsteps. He blesses us with wise counsel through His Church and the leaders He has set in place. He hears our every prayer, granting peace and wisdom to those who ask. His very Spirit dwells in us, a still, small voice that guides from within our hearts. And in His perfect timing, He will open doors. He will clear the way forward. And no matter the path you choose, you are never alone. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Gateway Word of the Week is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. And I think that quite often we focus mainly on verses 5 and 6, and we don't always consider verses 7 and 8. So let's turn uh, to Proverbs right now and uh, let's read. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Another version says opinions. Fear the Lord and depart from evil and it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Wow, that's quite a challenge. I don't know uh, if there's anyone here trusting in the Lord 100% of the time. I would venture to say that no one here is actually trusting in the Lord 100% of the time. And yet it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so basically what that is saying to us straight away is that we're all on a journey and we can all grow from faith to faith, from strength to strength and from glory to glory. You know, we can all struggle to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. 
It can be especially tough during seasons where our faith is being tested. Whether it's due to the loss of a loved one or an unfavorable report or something unjust against us personally or against someone that we love. These circumstances can lead us to not trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. And isn't it true that it's far too easy to lean on our own understanding and believe in our own limited human reasoning? However, we're not called to live by our thoughts, to live by our feelings or by our emotions, but by the truth of God's Word. This is a good reminder uh, for someone here today on site and online. And so we're, we're called to trust in the Lord. How do we trust in the Lord? Well, we trust in His Word. If you're looking for a Word from God, go to God's Word. And you can't separate you know, who God is from His Word because He gave us His Word. Uh, I think it was last week I said, hey, uh, God's library is made up of 66 books, right? 39 uh, Old Testament books, 27 New Testament books. If you're looking for a word from God, keep on turning the pages, maybe start in Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, right? Somebody once told me that the way that they remembered the order of the four Gospels was to say a little poem, a little rhyme, which goes, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John <laughs> went to bed with their pajamas on. Okay, so that's just how they memorized it, okay? I obviously got a lot more out of that than you, and that's fine. But, <laughs> but when we lean on our own understanding, we're trusting in our own knowledge. Now, you've got to catch this. You've got to catch what I'm saying right now. Whenever we lean on our own understanding, and God says, don't lean, on your own understanding. But whenever we do, we're leaning on our own knowledge based on primarily our own encounters and experiences, whether they were positive or negative. We're also uh, leaning on our own judgments, how we feel, what we think, our own and our own discernment to make choices regarding our next step. But <clears throat> that's not a good thing to do. And the reason for that is because the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, he says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so you see, we, we can't trust everything that we think and we can't trust everything that you feel. You see, if you get a hold of that today, above all else, that's going to really, really help you. And I want to demonstrate something for you right now, because it's always good to give a, a demonstration. I want to demonstrate something right now of someone who was trusting in what they thought and also in what they felt. Okay. Now, just remember, we're called to walk by faith. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And the scripture says, it's our gateway word of the week as we just prepare the video. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Again, understanding has to do with what I think and what I feel. And let's take a look at someone uh, who was blindfolded and was trusting in what they think and in what they feel. Let's go to the screen. Thank you. I think we might be having a technical difficulty. Would you like me to move on? 
Come back to it? Okay. So to trust in the Lord means more than believing in who He says He is. And the word here for trust can also mean to have complete confidence in. The word trust can also mean to have complete confidence in. And having confidence, uh, having confidence in something means having full assurance, which I believe is demonstrated. Uh, it's demonstrated through our words, through our actions, and through our choices where we love and serve God by loving and serving people. Trust in the Lord. I believe it's clearly carried in the way that we walk, no matter where you are. And I believe this is what the Bible also says, uh, to not cast away or throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. There's a, a great quote which says, I don't know if you've heard of this quote, uh, but it says, Courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to keep walking in the presence of it. Okay? It's a great quote. Courage is not the absence of fear. So if you want to be a courageous person, that means that you're going to have a certain level of fear because it's not the absence of fear, but the ability to keep on walking in the presence of it. And so I was sharing on Friday night at Delight that this got me thinking about faith. And so I come up with a little quote around faith. And here it is. Faith is not the absence of doubt, but the power to keep on walking in the presence of it. Now, I hope that this really liberates someone here today. Faith is not the absence of doubt, but it's the ability to keep on walking in the presence of it. And before we go a little bit deeper, I want to thank our, our team at the back. We've got the video ready. Remember, let's take a look at someone who was trusting in what they thought and in what they felt. Thanks, team. All right, now, Luigi. All right. You're now blindfolded. Ah! All right, here we go. Put your hand in there, Louis. Put your hand. Go all the way lower, in. Lower, ah! lower, oh. lower. Go all the way in. Oh, 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 what is that, bro? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, what is that, bro? What is that? What does it feel like that? Oh, what does it feel like that? Oh, my God. Don't worry. Mom. It's right on the bottom. Is it right on the bottom? Right on the bottom. You gotta get in there. It's right on the bottom. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Why is it moving? Why is it moving, bro? Oh my god. Oh my god. What is that? Is it eyes? Is it eyes? What does it feel like? What does it feel like? It feels sticky. It feels slimy. Oh my god. Tell me it's not a snake. Oh my god, it's a snake. Why is it moving? Why is it not a snake? Take a guess. Hold on. Oh my god! It has to be a Is it a dead rat? No. Is it a dead rat? Uh, uh, it's alive. Take a guess. It's moving again. You oh gotta go to the corner a little bit. Oh my god. No, no, no. Oh my god! Is it a snake? Is it a snake? Is it a snake? Is it a snake? Oh man. Try to see if you can pick it up. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on. I know what this is. Where's it at? It's open now. No, no, no. No mouth is open, bro. No mouth is open. Come on. Why am I going to put my hand in there with his mouth? Why am I going to do that for him? Why am I going to do that for him? Here we go. Oh, no. That's it, bro. Is it a snake? Take the blindfold off and look at it. Man, what is that? Is it a little teddy bear? It's a stuffed teddy bear monkey. Yeah. Oh, oh, hit man. you guys. Oh. Bro, look at that. I'm sweaty. 
Oh, oh my not gosh. Not even close to that. I just Save wanted to see how much you would freak out. It was a little teddy bear. Man. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Just oh. a little teddy bear, oh, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pretty good example of uh, why we shouldn't lean on our own understanding, on what we think and on what we feel. May, may it be a testimony that, hey, it's likely that you're going to get that wrong <laughs> when it comes to leaning on what you think and what you feel. Uh, and so again, faith is not the absence of doubt, but the power to keep on walking in the presence of it. I believe that doubts are a testimony to what God is doing in your life. Otherwise, why would doubt come against you? And doubt can come in the most surprising ways. Scripture says, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is sent to test you. And one of the fiery ordeals, maybe you've not thought about this before, but one of the fiery ordeals also looks like doubt. Okay, Why would doubt come against you if faith was not present? So let there be a good testimony. Why don't you pause uh, from time to time? And when you start encountering doubt, why don't you just pause for a moment and think, okay, wow, this is doubt. And doubt is obviously coming against me because faith is present within me. So I believe that doubts are also a testimony that you're reading God's Word and that God's living Word is stirring you to not only to believe it, but to act upon it. And this is why doubt is coming against you. Uh, the reality is this, when it comes to our tithes and offerings, sometimes the spirit of doubt or fear can come against us. Because there's a belief there that says we ought to do that, right? And I just want to, th- I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to all of those who give uh, consistently uh, and financially into this house. I really do want to thank you uh, because without you and, and what others are doing here, uh, the doors don't stay open. And so in actual fact, I actually felt God put it upon my heart. So I'm going to put it out there because I think it's a, uh, you know, a part of even what we're talking about today from a practical and a uh, demonstration uh, point of view. Uh, we're believing just for another 20 consistent donors financial donors here. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a large amount, but it could be something. You know, there are all kinds of subscriptions out there uh, that people are, you know, happy to fork out without even thinking about it. Netflix. And say, hey, let's not stop at Netflix. Let's go for a prime video. Let's go for Stan as well. And what else is out there? And we have no hesitation giving to these things. But can I just encourage you to think about also sowing for the world to come? Because another world is coming, and it's the eternal world. So we are believing for at least another 20 consistent donors who will give into the house and see the vision and the gospel go around the world. I believe that doubts are a testimony to God's call upon your life because he's calling you to step out of the boat and walk upon the water by the power of his word. So doubt can be a good testimony if you don't just stop at doubt. I believe that doubts are a testimony that a greater blessing is not only coming for you, but for all of those around you because we're blessed to be a blessing. You know, if being full of faith, if being full of faith was required before every great birthing of God's blessing, then Mary would never have given birth to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If being full of faith and being doubtless was a prerequisite 
for God using us, then Mary would never have been called. I pray that this word liberates you and empowers you because the greatest gifts often come wrapped up in doubts. This is how, because when Mary was uh, conversing with the angel, she said, you know, the angel said to her that there will be a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. And swaddling cloths are like the leftovers. They are the dirty rags. They are the kinds of materials that you throw out. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one through whom all things were created, arrived not in a golden chariot of fire, but was wrapped up in human flesh and in swaddling cloths. The point that the Lord is wanting to make to us today is simply this, that quite often some of the biggest blessings, some of the the greatest works of God often come wrapped up in unusual packages. And sometimes that also looks like doubt. And the angel came to Mary in Luke chapter 1 and said, Greetings, Mary. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And I declare that word over every single person here today, on site and online. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Now, what did he say wrong? (laughs) He said nothing wrong. It's like, hey, hi, Mary. You're highly favored. God really thinks you're great. He's got a great plan for your life. But Mary was greatly troubled. Doubt was present, but so was faith. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. Do not doubt, for you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. But in verse 34, Mary asks, But how? How is this going to happen? How will God bring this to pass? Yes, I hear what you're saying, but behold, I am a virgin and I have never been with a man. How will this be? Isn't that one of the questions that we often ask where when we're in the midst of a trial and sitting, as it were, in deep darkness? God, how are you going to get me out of this? How, God, how will I measure up? How will I fit in? How will I overcome? How will you make a way when there seems to be no way? How do I overcome my, uh, you know, feelings of worthlessness? How do I overcome my perfection mentality? God, I'm just so hard on myself. I never consider your blessing. I never consider what I've done well. I'm always nitpicking what I have not done right. God, how am I going to overcome my failures, my rejection, the lies, um, the thoughts and the opinions of others. How am I going to overcome what others think? How am I going to be cleansed from all of my sins? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And in a few moments time, I'm going to give someone the opportunity for to be cleansed from all of their sins and for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. I love that in verse 34. I love how Mary asks, but how? It's a good question and it's fair, but how? How will this be? Well, there's God's part. I think God has already indicated what His part is. Would that be true? Hi, Mary, you're highly favored. I'm going to bless you. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to conceive and bear the Savior of the world because you have found favor with God. 
And if you feel anything about God's touch upon your life today, if you feel anything, something in your heart, maybe something that has been said, something that has been done today that has just been like a a divine ember of light that has touched your soul. God wants you to know that that's Him saying, Hi, greetings, highly favored one. I'm with you and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's all going to be okay. I feel like saying, I feel the Holy Spirit saying to me to tell someone out there, don't worry. It's all going to be okay. I know that it's stressing you out, I hear the Holy Spirit saying. I know that it's causing you some anxiety, some fear, some some doubt. But that's because I've now called you to walk along an unfamiliar path. You've not traveled this way before. And this is my purpose for you. I hear the Lord saying it's to, it's to lead you down an unfamiliar path. It's to, it's to build faith in you. It's to build your story, His story, in and through your life so that the thing that He's doing in you, He can do through you, and ex- whereby you might exhort the other, others who God is going to connect you with in the future. God says He's got you, but the word for you is to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, your thoughts, your feelings. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. And so that's God's part, but we also have a part. And I also believe that this is the thing that Christians forget most. I think we all hear about God's part. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Yeah! Praise God! He rose from the dead. Yeah! Praise God! Yeah, Savior, you know, Christmas time, things like that. We all know about God's part. The question that I'm asking on behalf of heaven is, what's your part? Because you have a part. You know, I wonder how far, I wonder what the... um, I wonder where we might be as a church if everyone was playing their part. I wonder. I, I guarantee it would look totally different than what it does today. Now, we thank God for everything. We, we give praise. But if everyone, if the body, if each member of the body were playing their part, we would look very different. And we all know the, you know, the, uh, uh, the thing when something in the body is not working right, maybe a broken leg or even a small you know, have you ever injured one little part of your hand? Like, I don't know, it could be your pinky, whatever. Everything else is working fine, but it's like that pinky just gets in the way of everything. And you soon realize how your pinky is involved with everything that you do. Do you know what I'm saying? Or am I the only one who's just, yeah. Okay, so you soon realize that when one member isn't working, it really inhibits everything that's happening. Well, you have a part to play. What's your part? And I love this. I love this. And then I'm going to give someone the opportunity to respond to Jesus today. And in verse 38, verse 38, Mary said, I love this. She's gone from doubt and fear. And and we get to verse 38. and, And she stands up and she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. Wow, wow, wow. I love that. 
What a, what a champion Mary was. Now, I've heard all kinds of things about how old Mary was when the angel began to call her. Some say she was, you know, I don't know, 12. Some say 13, 14. She was definitely in her teens, I think, mid-teens. But that's just my guess. Uh, but she was definitely a teenager. And so what does that say to us? It means that we all have a responsibility. In actual fact, the, the more we've been in the Lord, now this is only for the mature, but the more that we've been in the Lord, uh, the more we should exhibit that the Lord is in our life. In our life, if we trust in the Lord, and it should be demonstrated in the giving of our time, our talents and our treasure. It ought to be because we believe in a world to come. We believe in a world to come. And so right now, I just want to pray. And uh, so why don't we stand? And uh, then in a few moments' time, we're going to be blessed with uh, our final performance today. And so, Father, I just want to say thank you so much for this gathering. And uh, Lord, it's uh, who knows what great potential lies within the hearts and the, the souls and the minds of the people here. Who knows what great gifts, what great talents, what great resources lie here. Not only uh, those on site, but those online. I know this, God, that you've given us all an opportunity um, to love and serve you by loving and serving one another and our community. And uh, Lord, I just know even right now that, ho- uh, that your Holy Spirit is putting our community on my heart. And that we're to pray for our community right now. Lord, as I look around this faith community, I just thank you for the great blessing that's here. But Lord, we live amongst a a people who don't have what we have. They don't have necessarily a faith community and they're broken and they're in a lot of pain. They're battling depression and darkness. They're battling all kinds of things. And Lord, you've placed us here within this community to reach out to them to love them, to serve them, to invite them to come. And so I just pray, Lord God, that as each one of us leaves this place today, that we would all have fresh eyes. We thank you for the song that we have sung called Fresh Wind. But I thank you for fresh eyes and fresh ears and a renewed and a refreshed heart to go from this place and to be the message that surely the the demonstration of trusting in you with all our heart would be evident in some way, I pray. We pray for our community. Help us as a church to reach our community. Please help us, God, to have a vision that is always for our community, that we wouldn't just come here and go through the motions. We wouldn't just come here and tick boxes, do the do, sing the songs, and not go out changed. I pray that we would go from this place and simply exercise and give what we have received. I just thank you for this work, for the Filipino community, for the African community, for the Lebanese community, for the Italian community, for every nation and generation represented. I thank you, Lord, that you desire to use us and every church in these twin cities. Use every church. May every church rise up and get a fresh vision because of a fresh decision to love and serve you in Jesus' name. Now I want to give someone the opportunity to get their heart right and get all their sins forgiven. How can I get all my sins forgiven? 
by confessing our sins to God. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins to Him, God is so loving, faithful, and just that He will forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all wrongdoing. That's really, really good news. So that means that anything we've ever done, things we're not proud of, can be erased in a moment. I love that. I'm so grateful for that because I need forgiveness of my sins. We all need forgiveness. And if you just know that you stand in the need of a cleansing, not in the natural, but in the supernatural, a cleansing of the heart, your spirit, your soul, then allow me to humbly lead you in this prayer in Jesus' name. So I'm going to pray, and I will invite you to pray after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I humble myself, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I thank you that you are my Lord and my Savior and my soon returning King. Help me to be now the person that you have destined me to be. And may I proceed confidently in this knowledge that I am a child of God and let your word be done to me as you have said so in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.